0: It's been said that nothing is more financially educational and entertaining than the total financial hour. Except, possibly, two total financial hours. <gasps> you don't mean... Yep. The total financial hour with host of Hallaby is now two
1: hours. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: Great Scott! Learn about your financial power. The total financial hour. Uh, two hours. With host of Hallaby. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Here on AM870, The Answer.
2: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby.
1: Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Arif Halaby, the Total Financial Hour. Appreciate you being with me as we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, of course, planning. For the future, and one of the exciting things uh, in our second hour, guys, we have Tom Hegna, as promised. He's our special guest. Uh, we'll have him for the full hour of the show as we talk about some of the the strengths and weaknesses that he has seen in his uh, decades long career as a financial professional, as a speaker, mentor to other financial professionals across the country, and what some of his perspective, um, you know, really would be in this inflationary environment. So stay tuned for that. That's exciting. That's the second hour of the show i want to touch on two things one of those is the the typical democrat uh, line which is always crisis always a problem never happy right i mean you understand that's the only way they operate and so they try to scare the daylights out of you and certainly some things are are scare worthy right I, i mean look you've ever seen one of those halloween or friday the 13th type movies you're sitting around the music changes the person decides to go into the garage and everybody's yelling in, the, in your living room, don't go into the garage. And you know, you know, just any second, any minute, somebody's going to come out and they're going to scream or they're going to, you know, come at them with a hatchet. Whatever. So that's what happens when the Democrats speak. When you're sitting there and you're watching and you see Nancy Pelosi or, or Chuck Schumer or any of the so-called Democrat leaders start walking to the podium, the music begins. And here comes Freddie. And they're going to say something mean, ugly, unhappy. You wonder if in their personal lives, they act the same, right? They turn around, they walk into the kitchen, and they just start finding things wrong with everything that's going on in their family. Maybe, maybe they're that way. But there's no happiness. There's no decency on the Democrat side. I don't mean there aren't decent people, but the decency that that should exist doesn't happen. Because they have to always find a problem. They don't find solutions. Their solution is always spending more money. Well, guess where that's going to come from, Mr. and Mrs. Retiree or potential retiree? Yeah, you. Because you realize you're the only one with the money, right? The kids, the young people, whoever it might be, they're going to vote, but they don't make anything. They're on government assistance. They, they couch surf. They don't have any real assets. They don't have a house. They don't have a property tax to worry about. Their income is nothing. Uh, come on now, Really? So of course they're going to vote to take things from you. So the senior citizen, the elderly, the the, the retiree, the, the folks in their 50s, 60s, 70s, you guys are the ones with the money. So whenever they say, we're going to raise taxes on those rich, and some of you lifelong Democrats, right, the old school Democrats, union supporters, right, it's about the little guy, the worker, you guys, you clap and you think it's the same as it used to be. And you'd look left and right and you say, Well, let's go get those rich people. And you don't realize when you sit around, as this happened this week with me. Longtime union guy, longtime Democrat, forty two years with his profession in his union. He's in his uh mid to late sixties, I think he's sixty six or sixty seven. Right? So do the math, forty two, he's in his early twenties. A Couple years of college, didn't like it, dropped out, joined and worked his way up. Always was a Democrat. that was his thing. He says, "Well, I'm a Democrat. why? Well, because you know they cared about the unions, they, the little work guy, the workers, those, those other people with those suits and ties, they go after us. Well, surprise, he has about two and a half million dollars that he has saved in his lifetime, and he looks left and right and he goes, "Why are these people chasing me put the, Put the pitchforks away I'm, I'm the good guy. I'm the one that voted for you for all these years. remember? No. They couldn't care less. And so what are these proposals that are coming down the road they're going to take from you as a retiree slash the person with the money, right? I mean, get it? Well, two things that really drive me crazy. One of those specifically is the inability to understand the crisis of the drought or water. I mean, right? Okay, so... So you can understand this. Let's figure this out together. Right now, the amount of gallons, the amount of water that runs out to the ocean from the Sacramento River Delta—in other words, it's not tapped. Nobody's, uh, uh, you know, running a pipeline from it. It's thirteen million five hundred thousand gallons per minute. Okay. Let's let's go back. 13 million gallons per minute. And if you're not sure how that breaks down, I can do the math for you. It's a quarter of a million gallons per second. Do you understand? That would provide every man, woman, and child water in the state of California. But it's going to hurt a frog. It is. And it might even kill a few fish. God, you know, God forbid, a few dozen fish. How are we going to make sure that man, women, and child who who apparently are less on the food chain of let's take care of them, right? So hence, California has to draw more water out of the Colorado River. Have you seen Lake Mead lately? Hence, California has to start rationing water. Have you seen the water prices? When the Department of Water and Power in in Los Angeles City, shuts down. There are three main gas generators. In other words, they could create electricity, which would help, by the way, your electric vehicle, which would help keep from a brownout happening. It would put more electricity in the grid. And these are relatively new machines. Instant start, push a button. Natural gas now flows. Instantly, enough electricity run that system. And because electricity is not a closed circuit, the Department of Water and Power can run this electricity and it helps the entire state. In fact, it helps the entire western part of the country. It is part of the reason that the Department of Water and Power has a lot of revenue, money. Their pensions are huge. Their salaries are amazing. Their benefit's incredible. And by the way, the city of Glendale and Burbank also run a surplus, an enormous surplus. You can drive on the freeway and the five freeway, look to the left and right, you'll see the plants. Go off of San Fernando Road, you could see the plant for Burbank. So the city of Glendale, the city of Burbank, realize that electricity is a profit center for them. Well, the Department of Water and Power, of course, it's a profit center. But instead of keeping your rates low, Instead of giving you the opportunity to actually have a nice retirement and live and and be in your air conditioning, uh, you know, fuel up your car, what do they do? They dismantle because it's global warming, folks, natural gas. We have enough natural gas for hundreds of years, longer than the United States has been even thought of. We have enough natural gas to power this country. Add in there the the four or five percent of wind and solar, which is really nothing but okay something. Add in there that the, the city of Los Angeles Department of Water and Power is not utilizing in fact they are shutting down they pretend to operate the solar the solar plants all throughout the desert. The state of California is not holding them to an account. Because it's in their best interest to put less electricity in the system and charge you more money. So you realize when you when you link water and you link power, and then they create a crisis, oh, surprise, a Democrat state, instead of a solution, guess who's going to pay the price? You, the retiree. You see, the retiree, you guys have the money. Now listen, you also have the time to vote to research, to spend uh, maybe a few minutes or longer researching these ballot measures. And traditionally, a lot of older people that came up through the union ranks, that came up through the city, county, state employees, right? They're the ones that had pretty good pensions. You know that. Traditionally, they were a little bit more down the road of liberal, Democrat. So why is it that that same person now today is leaving the Democrat Party in droves? because you are the one paying the bills. right? You've heard me mention this before. When you have a, a rent control apartment building, let's say the city of Santa Monica, okay? rent control, 12 units. And let's say in those 12 units, 20 people live there. Okay, They all register to vote. They get their granola. They do their farmer's market on Sunday, Saturday. Right? I mean, you get it, right? Take the little green a uh, bike lane, <laughs> you know, the little scooters, they work where, okay, got it. Those people. Okay. Now there's a ballot manager and they put on there that, you know, housing is expensive and we have to, we have to come in and we have to curb these uh, landlords from raising and they do all of that. And we need more taxes. It's for the children. It's for children and, and old people. And, and we need, we need tax. Ref- we have to raise the property taxes. That's the solution. These rich land barons, they're going crazy. And so they put a ballot measure. They advertise the daylights out of it. They do the social media marketing. They hit your Facebook page. Because remember, that's the people that are living in your 12-unit apartment. So those 20 people go to the polls and they vote, yes, I think we should tax those people. And two ballot measures down below, it says, oh, and we should have rent control. Oh, yeah, 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 we should have rent control. And the business owner or the the, the owner of the apartment building, right? He lives down the street. She lives right right down the street, around the corner. And so she votes, no. No, I can't raise property uh, taxes. I can't pass that on because the rents can't go up. (laughs) So you get one vote that says that's a bad idea. And 20 votes that say, oh, yeah, it's for the children and for old people. So no wonder you drive by these buildings and the landscape is eh. The paint on the building, eh, so-so. You look and, hey, I have a problem with my whatever. I'm not going to fix it. Or they just, they do such basic minimal fixes because the rent control doesn't allow them to charge proper rent. When you have rent control, it raises, not lowers folks, it raises the rents on everybody in that city because you don't have the regular market supply and demand. People stop building houses or other revenue uh, sources because why would they do this? They are immediately going to spend all this money on a new apartment building. They tore down that single family home. They put up a 20 unit apartment building and they can't raise rents because inflation has gone up. Property taxes have gone up. The cost for water or, or electricity, whatever the, the owner may pay. And so now you end up in a scenario where you have a declining society because the liberals reacted. They thought it was about the children because you can manipulate the voter. You can manipulate those young people with Facebook ads. You can manipulate them with a billboard. But the people that know, that know what they're doing, that are, I, I, listen, I'm calling it evil. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know what they're doing is leading to a problem. Well, those are the politicians. And in the state of California, you, you know, listen, this is how you know they know what they're doing. You look at the ads of the people running. I'm running for, on the Democrat ticket for the state, for the U.S. Senate as a Democrat. And you go, really, did you have no shame. Oh, well, I'm running for a city, a state assemblyman, and I'm a Democrat. You don't, you don't have any shame as what, to what your group of people have done? Look at this. Even the Germans and the Japanese after World War II held their head down in shame. Listen, I don't mean everywhere they went, but you understand. The average Japanese and German may not have had a lot to do with the initial start of the war, but they still felt as if they were you know, somehow responsible. There's was, there was a collective shame, a guilt. Well, where's that collective shame and guilt on the Democrat Party for destroying the state of California? City of Los Angeles, city of San Francisco, Detroit. Can I go on? And they just turn left and right and they look for you, the retiree, and they say, and you're the one that's going to bail us out. It's the same thing with the student loan world, right? You let the, the kids take classes, instead of passing the responsibility on to where it belongs. And I say it belongs to two different places. It doesn't just belong to the 17 or 18-year-old who signed their name to student loan debt. No, no, no. It belongs to the colleges and universities. You see, the kids didn't know a whole lot better. I mean, they, they should have, but they didn't. But man, did those university administrators, those counselors, I think you should get a degree in uh, the walk of the tsetse fly, and then let's make it a PhD on on how the mating habits of, you're like, are you kidding me? Nobody's going to pay attention to that. But don't worry, the university gets paid. That's, that's an interesting thing. It's like me going out to dinner using your credit card, saying thank you as I drive away, and yet at the same time, I say don't worry about it, uh, somebody's going to pay it. Well, it's certainly not going to be you. Somebody has to pay it. And you think it's not you. Listen, I think the universities should be involved. Right? The state of California has allowed horrible things to happen to its water supply. But frankly, at the end of the story, who's going to be the one that can help and fix it? It's going to have to be you and others that are staying behind in the state of California. Because the politicians just want a crisis. Now it's about guns You know, we'll let that go away. I love it. People say, we should take guns away. Well, same thing. You should just take, take water away. No more water for anybody. It's for the children. You have to come. You have to get your little rationing card. Right? You're allowed to so much water. You put it in this little thing and water comes in. And if you finish your last water before the end of the week, sorry, no more water for you. Right? Instead of thinking for a second, that 810 million gallons of water go out to sea 24 hours a day, per hour. That's per hour. 800 million gallons. I mean, do you understand this? That's enough for 54 million people in the state of California. This is one river, guys. One river. We're not talking about the groundwater or Mammoth Mountain or the Colorado River or Mono Lake, none of that. No, no, no. This is one River, The Sacramento River Delta that gets all of the Sierra Nevada mountains and other uh, wash, uh, water washing down the, the road, down the, the sea, right out to sea. Bye-bye. And everybody's all worried about, oh, desalinization, you know, we don't have the electricity. Yes, you do. Why don't you tell the Department of Water and Power to turn on those three machines? You understand that they have dismantled these things. You paid for it as a rate payer. And to prevent themselves from being forced to turn it back on, they are dismantling the natural gas machines. Instant start. I don't know what you call it. Something like that. Instant button, poof. Instant power. Within a minute or so, it puts electricity out on the grid with very, very cheap, inexpensive natural gas that is more abundant, that is basically a waste product. We have more natural gas than just about anywhere. I mean, do you realize this is a serious thing. And instead, they want to talk about, well, we should repeal the Second Amendment because, you know, one crazy guy, what? How about you lock the back door? I got that idea. How about you you not defund the police, right? How about you don't send money to Ukraine and instead you put uh, every school in the United States should allow any military veteran or any other teacher or administrator that wants to go through uh, active shooter training They carry their personal firearm on them, not locked up in a drawer in the back of two safes. Come on. You don't have time for that. You know that. And you put two, yes, two school resource officers, police officers on every campus. How hard is that? What is that? $20 billion a year. It's half of what we just sent to Ukraine. I think the number was 22 or 24 billion. You understand that. We're giving money, all this COVID money baloney. We're giving it to all sorts of places. You can fix the water problem in no time. Yes, in no time. With the right administration, you say, from now on, we're going to tap the Sacramento River. But what about the stickleback, you know, single finned fish? Sorry. Sorry, fish. It's your turn to die. You're just not going to make it. Right? I'm so- that species is done. Why? Because, you know, California likes to drink water. Oh, but that's so, okay, listen, people or fish. It's that simple to me, guys. It It is that simple. People or fish, unless you want the entire state of California to be like an amusement park, right? People come and then they leave. They stay here and they leave. Okay, if that's what you want, Or, or better yet, Take California and divide it into two states. Let the liberals run their state, right, from Sacramento. Just take the coastal counties, Sacramento down to LA County, and let Orange County, San Diego County, and then the eastern counties all the way up, right up to the Bay Area, and then the rest of Northern California. All of that splits the state almost in two when it comes to population. You have a conservative state and a liberal state. Finally, you let one state say, listen, we have, look just like San Diego, they have a desal plant, desalinization plant in San Diego. They built one in Santa Barbara and then they stopped, oops, stop, because the rain started again. You realize the city of Los Angeles has enough electricity to run the desalinization plant if they don't dismember and and tear apart those three machines. Yeah. They can fix the water problem. Instead of this train up to Sacramento and back and forth as if it matters. Right? When you can do a Southwest airline ticket for, okay, maybe it's $120 now. Most people are never going to take that high-speed rail. Who cares? Who wants to go to, to Sacramento to watch people shoot up. You can do that on on your YouTube video these days. But somebody, believe it or not, somebody's going to have to figure out how to fix this water problem. My concern is this. It bothers me because you're going to have to change your lifestyle. Well, you know, if we live in a desert, so we can't have grass. Baloney, the water is there. I'm telling you. Well, I don't believe you. Okay, no problem. Here's what you do. Ready for this? Go to your famous search engine, Google or Bing. I like Bing because Google is is crazy. How many gallons of water does Californians use per day on average? Okay, put that in your little search engine. How many gallons of water do the do the Sacramento River uh, have? Okay, hundred. Uh, well, here it is. Ready? Uh, uh, oh wait a second, it's the same number I came up with, 810 million gallons per hour is discharged from the Sacramento River. Only second to the Columbia River. So when you add the Columbia River and the Willamette River, both in in, uh, Washington and Oregon respectively, and you run a pipeline out to sea, and you run it down, I don't know, 200 yards to 200 miles. It doesn't matter. Run it out to sea, bring it down the coast, and run it back in with to two places, by the way, San Jose and Los Angeles. And simultaneously, as that pipeline is being built, you're building reservoirs, places to store it. You're reinforcing reservoirs, the Hollywood Reservoir. You're reinforcing reservoirs. Uh, Van Norman Dam and other reservoirs that are being built, brand new ones and others. And you have pipelines being built. We can do this. We built train tracks across this country for heaven's sakes. And if they do that and you're a senior citizen and you say, listen, it's going to take two and a half years to do this. So, uh, you know, maybe you won't be here. Maybe you're not going to use it. That's okay. That's your contribution to the next generation. But instead they want your contribution to the next generation being what? What? a train to nowhere right Diane Feinstein's husband making uh, hundreds of millions of dollars on this train right wealthy people Nancy Pelosi's family making tens of millions of dollars in this train to nowhere you you realize it has nothing to do with you or me it's their po- it's their pocketbook we can solve this water crisis. You run pipes down the side uh, of, the, of the state out to sea. Oh, what happens if it leaks? Guess what? It's water leaking into water. Isn't that amazing? And, and what about, oh, it's a jobs program. That's right. See, what they're afraid of is that a lot of other people are going to move here. And they want to live without a lot of people. Certainly those little people. Because you guys interrupt their daily flow. All right, stay with me. I've got a a special uh, guest on the second hour, Tom Hegna, author of Paychecks and Playchecks. You've heard me quote him and that book often. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour. 888-99-RETIRE. We'll be right back. Learn about financial power, the total
2: financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me, higher income strategy retired com Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategies. Learn from Arab Halabi.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halabi. We continue with the first hour of the show. A reminder, on the second hour, we have Tom Hegna, author of Paychecks and Playchecks, a big uh, a big deal in your financial life understanding the difference between food shelter clothing those minimal needs we always talk about having guaranteed income reliable retirement income is very important to the formula of having a successful and a happy life all right i want to go over something with you i normally in the second hour i cover emails but i received this email this week and we have tom on the second hour so i wanted to touch base with you a, a little bit on this email that i think makes a big difference Here's why, because I had three people in the last oh, probably three weeks, two and a half, three weeks that have come to me with this issue. So I think it's important to cover because if, if that in this short period of time, we've had it as a concern, how much more must others be dealing with this? Of course, some of the numbers might change a little bit for you, but I think it's important to see if this is something that we can help you with. All right, here's here what uh, from Connie and Fred, dear Erif I've been married for 42 years and my husband has provided very well for our family. However, he now has Alzheimer's at the age of 76. He has a retirement pension plan that is currently paying us almost $4,000 a month. I receive the same if he passes away. That's a great pension, by the way, guys. I want to pause for a minute. You want to consider reducing your pension when it comes time to take it so that you each get the same amount. Now, if you say, no, I want the big number, then you better take some of that big number and buy a life insurance policy so that when you die and your wife loses a big portion of her retirement account, she also gets that life insurance tax-free. Okay, this is just a, a side note, but I think Fred did the right thing here, and you'll see why with the rest of his uh, email. We also have Social Security that pays an additional 3000 per month in total. Mine is 1000 and his is 2000 a month. And that's between both of our checks. The total is $3,000. i am trying to be realistic and plan for the worst. Since my husband is declining rapidly, I guess it could be sooner than we had initially planned. Since I am 70 years old and in good health, do you have a way that I could maintain my lifestyle when my husband passes away? I need about the same amount of money per month, maybe a little less. Our combined IRA accounts are still around 650000 We have almost $100,000 in savings. And although I spend some of it each month for caregivers, I've heard you talk about certain VA benefits for my husband. Not sure if this applies to him, but he was in the military for almost eight years, starting in 1964. Our kids are fine. I didn't want to burden them if I can, if I can help it. I appreciate any help you can give. Okay, and this is from Connie and Fred, as I mentioned. Okay, Connie, so here's part of what I want you to do. There is a special pension plan. It's called a pension plan for veterans. Now I'll give you some of the basic rules, but you still have to apply for it, and, and you may not be eligible. I'll tell you why in a second. But still, nonetheless, in the in the Veterans Administration, for every veteran that served a minimum of ninety days, with one day being during an act of combat. Okay. Now they didn't. They could have been stationed in San Diego or. Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, it doesn't matter. They, as long as they were in the, in the military for one day during a declared conflict period of time or a war, right? Of course, traditionally, World War One, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and there's a couple of, of little conflicts. Congress can make some adjustments over the years, but it sounds like he was in the military uh, during uh, certainly eight years is more than 90 days one of those days I just did the math and I looked and and it was during that period of time that Congress with the Vietnam War again he could have been stationed in the United States it doesn't matter or in Germany but he has to have an honorable discharge so honorable discharge 90 days in the military one day during that act of conflict so what do you receive it's around between $1800 $1900 a month in long term care benefits provided you need some assistance as a military member now if you're married your spouse could also receive up to i think it's about eleven hundred dollars a month in benefits it doesn't change your life it doesn't give you somebody you know to come in 24 hours a day but it does help so if you or your spouse were in the military meet those requirements that's the first step the second step is there's a, a what's called a savings account or a means test how much money you guys have saved now at 650,000 you probably would not qualify because the numbers are a lot lower than that so you have to have a little bit less or a lot less money in order to be eligible for that pension the vet, the veterans receive okay so right now I don't think you're eligible for it based on what I know you still might want to apply but just keep this in your back pocket because when Fred passes away, it sounds like he's going to pass before you. As long as you were married upon the time that he passed, you would also be eligible as a widow. Now, again, not today, but in five or 10 or 20 years, or if you have spent down or given away your 650000 and you still need help, then the government can jump in and give you some of that assistance. It's what It's a veteran's pension that our veterans earned. It's not something Mr. And Mrs. Uh, veteran guy listening, don't listen. You earned it. It was paid for. You already paid for it. It's part of the reason you were paid less money is cuz some of it was going into a bucket for things like this if you needed help. So where do you go Connie for this? It's called veteranaid.org. I think it's a private company, but you can uh, you know search around. It's veteranaid.org. And again, sometimes companies can help you apply. In your case, I, I wouldn't even bother because I think it's, it's a lot less money than that 650000 So moving on, how do I fix this for you, Connie? How do we sit down and we say, okay, how do we create a reliable retirement income stream for you based on the numbers? Well, here's what happens. If Fred passes away, you're still going to receive that $4,000 a month. That's great news. Number two is you're going to receive the $2,000 a month in Social Security. Because it's the higher of the two. When one of you pass, we always lose the lower of the two Social Security checks. So in this case, it's $1,000 a month. That is the net amount that we have to replace. So how do we do that? Well, we have that IRA accounts and the amounts that are currently in Fred's name because he's past the age of 72, he's going to have to start taking out the required minimum distributions he probably has for the last five years or so. So that's going to deplete this account a little bit. I don't like these required minimum distributions when you don't need it, especially if one of the spouses are still alive. What if the other person needs it? So it's going to have to go through your tax bracket. My, my challenge to you is, you know, collect it with the right hand and put it in your bank account on the left hand. That's probably why you guys have $100,000 in savings is because some of that required minimum distribution is being paid out coming in the front door and then it's just going into your savings account in the back door. So keep that up. Hire caregivers because they don't want the additional stress. Believe it or not, sometimes the caregivers get sick and pass earlier because of the stress. Especially in Alzheimer's, memory care patients often don't have the same kind of stress. Because sometimes they don't know what's going on the same way. They don't they don't have that same level of stress. This is me speaking from, well, personal experience and having clients that are in that field and sitting on the board of a hospital and kind of being around this world a little bit. And so that's what we're getting is that the caregivers can have a bigger... So take time away. Use some of these funds. You have more than enough money. So how much do I need to make sure out of that 650,000 that we can replace that 100 the that $1,000 in income. Okay? So let's be clear. He passes away, you're going to lose $1,000 because it's the lower of the two social security. We want to live the same lifestyle? So I need around 350 to 400,000 of that IRA money set aside growing and when the time comes we can start an income stream from that and it replaces that $1000 plus per month and you never run out of money so what do you do with the extra 2 or 3 or 400,000 whatever you want you want to keep it in the market you want to try to hit a home run put it at risk you can do that you want to put it in safety you can do that you want to ladder your income we can do that laddering is taking some of that 650 putting it in a short term account it's also called staggering. I've heard those, both of those terms interchanged. So we build some of the retirement account for short term, maybe a five-year account, even though you can take out money each and every year if you want. But it has kind of a five, like a CD, has a little time horizon. Maybe we put a seven-year account and a 10-year account. All of those we can start income at any time, but by going a little longer, we get a little bit of a higher interest rate potential. By going a little longer, we get other little goodies, extra benefits. But if you pass away as well, it goes directly to your children if they're your beneficiaries. The time is waived. There's no, now they may still pay taxes on the money because that's an IRS matter. But the time is waived. It goes directly to your beneficiaries. Here it is. Even if you had a 10-year account, it's not a 10-year, they don't have to wait 10 years. They can start right away if they want. So always think about it in in the way uh, in the formula of what happens if I pass away? We can handle that, but what happens if you live? That's the concern. Well, you and Fred have done it, Connie. You ran the race, you saved the money. he must have had a great income uh, to get a four thousand dollar a month pension, probably worked a lot longer than maybe other of his contemporaries. So that's a great income stream. And it's an honor that he did that for you. And now you caring for him is, is a beautiful thing. But remember this. You have to have time off as a caregiver. You have to have the ability to decompress, maybe even take a couple of days off, uh, spend time alone alone the spa, shopping, massage, whatever it is that makes your life a little bit more relaxed. And at the same time, I don't want any financial stress. You guys have taken care of that. He served our nation in the military. Whether he was in war or not, he had the potential to go there at any time. Serving in the middle of Vietnam, that's a, it's a tough time. So I want you to think about this. There are some of you guys that have gone through a long, long life together and now you're in this position of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. We have a very close, long-time friend, 20 years plus, as a client and a friend, and he now has Parkinson's. Served our nation, flew those uh, military planes that uh, you know were so high that nobody could see it, that kind of thing. Did those reconnaissance. I asked him one time, I said, hey, Jim, uh, when you were flying these planes, how fast would they go? And how long could you stay up there? He says, well, all that's still classified. I said, oh. I said, well, any idea, Like, can you give me an idea? I, mean, I, I didn't know anything about it because this was many, many years ago. Now a lot of this data is out. He says, well, I can tell you this, Eric. I saw 12 sunrises and sunsets. I thought, oh, my word. That's being up there for a little while, and I don't know the speed, but you have to go really fast to be able to, even if you're going in the opposite direction, but to see see 12 sunrises and sunsets is a pretty incredible thing for for a pilot, right? The stamina, the, the mind. And so Jim is now retired, of course, for many years. We helped build an amazing plan for him. He worked for other companies as well, and he has Parkinson's. And his wife cares for him like he's the king of England. It's a beautiful thing. So my point is, you guys, there's going to be these tough times in life. It's happening. It will happen. So the moments that you have together between retirement and somebody's chronic or critical or terminal illness, I want you to enjoy those. Right? There, there isn't, well, in five years, we're going to. No, you don't have that time anymore. Or, or, in you know, as soon as COVID, whatever, we're going to. No, no, no. This is now. I don't mean go out and foolishly start buying stuff. Well, I always needed to buy and I always wanted an RV. I always wanted a... No, no, no. I don't mean that craziness. A lot of people will do that. They think that's the answer. To buy, buy. No, no, no. My answer is to do, do. Right? Experiences. Memories. Moments. That's what you have. And it's a burden, I think, for so many of you to watch the stock market, watch your retirement accounts just dwindle away. And I can promise you this, guys, the the men and women on Wall Street, they're having a whale of a time because your money doesn't disappear. It just goes to their pockets. Right? I, I mean, it leaves your pockets and goes to theirs. And they wake up in the morning and they're happy because they got another pay raise or they made another half a million dollars over the weekend. My point is, if you need the risk, if you want the risk, fine. But if you need guaranteed, reliable retirement income, if you saved enough, if peace of mind is key to you, then maybe you want some or part of your money out of the market. That's what we're here for i don't know I heard somebody recently call it er if it 's like sleep insurance, okay, you can call it sleep insurance it's your ability to take time and not pay have to have to pay any attention to the market right I heard this advice just the other day. No kidding. Client comes in and they have a big account and, and it 's with one of the big brokerage accounts. And they said, well, you know, we just got a call from our broker, uh, surprisingly, as if he knew we were coming here. It was earlier this morning. I said, oh, great. What did he say? He said, well, he says, uh, I want to tell you guys right now to, to, to be careful. You know, don't worry about anything. We've got it all under control. And really the most important thing he said, Oh, ready for this? Just don't look at your account. I said, what? That, that's a financial plan. Just don't open your statements. Oh, yeah, yeah, just don't look at your account. I thought how silly is that? How is that an okay thing to say with a straight face is Is anybody think that's a good idea? Well, apparently, and that is the the approved formula that's the approved conversation that the brokers for this particular company are required or or must adhere to when it comes to telling you. How to handle your financial life? Just don't open your statements. And listen, don't look at it every day. I think you should just put your head in the sand. That's it. You do that, and we are good. And you're good for the rest of your life. We have reliable retirement head in sand. <laughs> I'm gonna give you earplugs. Earplugs and a straw to breathe. Other than that, there's your financial package. Have you not heard that, guys? I think some of you have. Because <clears throat> I was kind of shocked. And this is not the first time I heard this, but I was surprised that, the, that the, it was a proactive call from the agent, from the broker to the client. And the formula was, just don't open your statements. So as we go through this, you're going to be concerned. You're like, well, Eric, at least I want to make my money back a little bit. There are accounts out there. There are amazing accounts that can give you bonuses. In other words, additional money, like a matching specifically towards receiving your account in the form of income. Meaning if you were going to start an income stream off of $200,000, by by moving the account, you could get $220,000 or $240,000. In other words, a chunk of money available higher than what you have to make up some of those losses in in the form of an income stream for you. It's a nice little way to to say, oh, I want to do over. So those extra little bonuses can be there for you. Now, each company is a little different. There's some rules. So not all of them are right for everybody, right? But this symbolism over substance, right? Where if we put our head in the sand and, and we just pretend like it's not there, then it must not be there, right? No difference in the drug companies that advertise with, you know, a man pushing his daughter on a swing and now he's re- and he's got a little soft sunset. And then she's over by the barbecue and he and then they then they start this whole spiel of all the the things that this medication can do to you right it can give you a heart attack it can give you a stroke it can make it so you don't feel your your fingertips and but listen everybody else it's 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 this confusing thing your brain is seeing because you're seeing happy people smiley people walking down the beach holding hands and yet you're hearing at the same time this conversation about, you know, liver disease and cancer and in 2% of the people, you know, they can't walk anymore. And, and you're, you're thinking, this is just kind of the opposite information. Well, what's the difference between that and watching the stock market world, watching that world of happy people right on the stock? It's the it's you, you say these people are on the stock market. I'm losing my money. And my broker on the other side is saying, don't worry, everything is fine. Don't believe those lion eyes. I know this is your life savings, but it's okay. And you say, well, okay, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I just shouldn't watch it, right? Maybe I am a bit obsessed with it. Well, of course you should be at your retirement account. There's a few things you should be obsessed with. Maybe this is one of them. Right, It's like saying, I'm going to buy this medication. I'm going to use this medication. Why? Because when the commercial came on, I muted it. And all I saw was happy people pushing people on the swing and walking down the beach holding hands. But I muted everything else. So I didn't hear all the warnings. Right? So if you just listen to your broker, don't pay attention to that television screen. You muted all the warnings. Well, listen, maybe you could be obsessed with it. Sometimes people are. Or maybe just maybe, it might be time to make some changes. If it is, and we can help with some or part of your accounts, man, it would be my pleasure. It'd be my honor to help. Our number is triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight eight eight, nine nine seven, three eight four seven triple eight ninety nine retire. Our job is to help you keep some or part of your money in a safe place. I want to also remind you guys we have a movie coming up, and specifically with. Tom Hegna he's actually one of the uh the stars if you will or he's featured in that movie and it's coming up on June uh 11th in Santa Clarita it's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma The Baby Boomer Dilemma it's a free movie it's talking about retirement world it's interviews with uh Wharton School of Business uh Nobel Prize economics people the gentleman that invented the 401k yeah These are some pretty incredible people. They're going to tell you what's happening with the retirement world. It's, it's very timely. They're going to tell you what's going on with the pension, the 401k, social security, some of the changes that are happening or that need to happen. And believe it or not, what you can do to help protect you and your family, because that is very important. And if we don't do it right, then we're going to make big mistakes. This is a free movie. Popcorn's provided. We also have uh, I think a drink, popcorn, snacks. Uh, you'll like it. It's uh, Saturday morning, nine a.m. It's better to get. You can get there around nine thirty or so. This, but the movie starts at promptly at ten, and you're out of there by noon. Okay, June eleventh in Santa Clarita. It's a movie event called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. Here's how you get a chance to get some tickets: triple eight ninety nine retire. Ask to be put on the list for the Baby Boomer Dilemma. You're going to see a couple of things uh, familiar, right? You'll hear some of the same conversations that I always have with you because it's the same genre of keeping some or part of your money safe. You want to take a risk? You can do that. You want to gamble? Go do it. You want to enjoy Fantastic. But what do you protect? Your food, shelter, clothing, and whatever you need to pay your bills. Because you can't rely on Wall Street to tell you, oh, don't you worry, your pretty little head. It will come back. You're like, great, when, when will that happen again? Oh, they say, don't worry, it'll come back. Listen, three to six months, sometimes a year. You're like, okay, but I have to like pay my property taxes and eat dinner between now and then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to have that protection. That's what we're here for, is to keep some part of your money safe out of that risk and put it in a place that we can help. Guys, this is important because whether it's the water issue, whether it's rent control, the state of California's goal is to take money from you, the person with the money. I mean, it's got to be logical to you, right? The 30-year-old with two kids has no money. So they're not going to take money from them. They're going to ask them, it's about children. Oh, you're. Th- I like to vote for children. But you as a retiree who sacrificed, did all the right things, now you're going to pay for somebody else's student loan, says Joe Biden? Maybe that doesn't work. So you have to be informed. Protect some or part of your money. That's what we're here for. Thanks for joining me to this hour of the program. Stay tuned. I have Tom Hegna coming up next. An amazing interview. Tom is an author, and I think he will blow your mind. Total Financial Solutions. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is TFS, Financial Insurance Services, Triple Eight Ninety Nine retire Thanks for being with me.
2: Strategy learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial higher income strategy. Learn from Learn about
1: Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. In Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. This is the second hour of the show. I always promise you great guests to interview. The Total Financial Hour and TFS Financial Insurance uh, Services is always about providing, I think, great points of view, professional speakers, professional attitudes, Emails from you, right? We've done this now, I don't know, 3,000 shows, something like that for 17 years. So you're a part of something that is a legacy that has helped people throughout Southern California, in fact, throughout the country. So let me give you the number, triple eight ninety nine retire that's 888 As promised, special guest today, Tom Hegna, keynote speaker, he's an author, retirement expert, an economist. Folks, I want you to pay attention for a minute because Tom is the author of books that has kind of become... I don't want to say the financial Bible, but almost for those of us that are in the protection of principle, the income space, the idea of making sure that some or part of your money is protected away from the market uh, declines. We rely a lot on, on Tom and his expertise, had him uh, speak at different events over the years, uh, somebody that has just really made a huge difference when it comes to your financial life directly or indirectly as an author and speaker. I want you to pay attention to Tom, as the retirement expert, let's bring him on, Tom. Tom Hegna, how are you today?
0: Hey, Eric, doing great. Hey, it was great seeing you just a couple months ago, I think, right? We yeah. Were both was it Nashville or where we were? But yeah, great seeing you again.
1: Yeah, that's right, right in Nashville. I happened to to run into you again, Tom. Listen, we are. This will be the third movie event coming up, which is the Baby Boomer Dilemma. We have that event coming up June eleventh, folks. So if you want to sign up, triple eight ninety nine retire. Your opportunity to to sign up, come to the movie event, very successful. Sold out the first uh, two times that we ran the movie. It is an eye opening event. And how did you get involved with this?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Just before this interview, I spent an hour and a half with the producer, Doug, the director, Doug Orchard, and I was I was in the movie Power of Zero. So that movie came out a few years ago, and I told him at the time we should do a movie on helping baby boomers retire because they're getting the wrong information from all these other talking heads. And we need to do a movie that's based in math and science, not people's opinions. And so he, he it kind of stuck with him. And sure enough, over the past you know year and a half or so, um, he put all that together and, and filmed that movie. And it's loaded with PhDs. Like the people from my books, from Paychecks and Playchecks and Don't Worry, Retire Happy, all the math and science that I put in my books, Those are the PhDs to include two Nobel Prize winners, uh, Dr. William Sharp and Dr. Robert C. Merton. So, I mean, these aren't lightweight uh, people in this movie. These are the the biggest heavyweights you can have on retirement, uh, and it's all put into this movie.
1: Tom, uh, we have spoken about some of the, the quotes that you've had in your books and over the years, the ideas of having some or part of your money in a guaranteed retirement stream of income, something you can't lose. Talk to us a little bit about that. In the book, Paychecks to Playchecks, you delineate three different phases in life. In fact, I had a client this last week kind of come out and tell me, just like Tom says, uh, you know, there's three different phases of life. And I was uh, surprised to hear them quote you verbatim. So tell us about those three different times or phases in life.
0: Yeah, well, it's the three phases of retirement, really. It's the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. And the go-go years... You know, that's when every day it's happy hour somewhere. You're playing tennis, you're playing golf, you're going on cruises, you're seeing the world, you're doing everything you want to do in retirement. That's the go-go years. The go-go years are followed by the slow-go years, and those are the years when you can still do everything in the go-go. You just don't want to anymore. In fact, you don't want to go downtown after four thirty because Dad can't see. <laughs> you know, can't see after dark. You yes, know, that's right. and So, and then the no-go years are those years uh, when you're probably not leaving the building till you're leaving the building. And each of those phases have different things that are important to them. You know, for example, the go-go years, that's really all about income. It's not about assets. It's not about wealth. You know, in retirement, your wealth is your income. That is what you live on. And, and so income is so important in risk management in those go-go years. And then in the slow-go years, it's really all about long-term care. And you got to have some type of plan for long-term care because if you live long enough, every single one of your listeners will need long-term care at some point if they live long enough. And then the no-go years... That's really all about life insurance. And people think that life insurance has nothing to do with retirement, but it has everything to do with retirement. I mean, it could be a tremendous source of tax-free income in retirement, or, you know, if people want to leave money to their kids, I always say, don't leave money to your kids. You're supposed to spend your money. Leave them life insurance because you can do it for pennies on the dollar. For example, uh, you know, I got four kids. And one day, we, my wife and I were sitting around, we saying, hey, how much should we leave the kids? My wife said, I don't know. What do you think? I said, Well, if we bought a $1 million second-to-die life insurance policy, name the four kids as beneficiary, when we're both gone, they're going to get a million dollars tax-free. Plus, whatever's left over, I said, let's start there. So we bought a $1 million second-to-die life insurance policy, name the four kids as beneficiary. That policy is completely paid up. Total cost for that million-dollar policy, $150,000. So now think about that. For $0.15 on the dollar, we get to leave our kids a million dollars tax-free. But here's the best part, Arif. Who, who gets to spend the rest of the money? We do. Right. We get to spend the other 850000 So, So, you know, what I share with people is how to get the most for the least out of retirement because there's no dress rehearsal. We don't get a second chance. We got to do it right the first time. And if you take just some very simple steps... You can have a wonderful retirement, protect against the risk, and leave whoever you want to leave money to. If you don't want to leave money, that's fine. Spend it all. You know, you don't have to leave money, but you can leave it to charity or you can leave it to your kids. And there's there's more efficient ways to doing it than what most people realize.
1: You know, our wealthy, more affluent clients over the years have really figured out the idea to pass on wealth to that next generation. It's about giving them real estate because we get got to step up in basis, meaning, you know, there's most of those gains, if not all of them, are going to be tax-free. They get life insurance, a tax-free transfer. Roth IRAs are now coming into be, to being fine. That's a tax-free transfer. But those IRAs, that retirement accounts that you've worked your whole life, we always say, listen, when you're working, your food, shelter, clothing, well, that comes from your job, your paycheck. Meanwhile, your job is to accumulate wealth. So you've mentioned it, that accumulation of wealth during those working years, well, that it's supposed to go up and down because you're buying. You're buying, you're buying, you're buying. So you want to buy when things are cheap. You want to buy when they're low. Now they're now it's time to start cashing them in and replacing that paycheck with that retirement account. You mentioned something, and and I think maybe somebody else did as well uh, in some form or fashion in that movie. Something called laddering or staggering. How how do we use fixed or fixed indexed annuities through that laddering program? What what is the the process? So
0: so let me tell you the difference between laddering annuities and staggering annuities. So I've laddered many of my annuities. So I have annuities that, that kick in with income when I'm age 60. But then I have another one that kicks in when I'm 62, another one that kicks in when I'm 65, another one that kicks in when I'm 70. So I've picked specific dates when certain annuities will kick in to give me increasing income because you've got to fight inflation in retirement too. So I'm going to have increasing income. Now, Dr. David Babel, who unfortunately died before the movie ended, yeah. but, but he was in the movie and he's in all my books. He's one of the smartest guys on retirement. He, he says he staggered his annuities. Now, what's the difference? Well, he bought, I think, what do you say, 14? He yeah,
1: 14 something like
0: I got 11. He has 14. And, and he started seven of them right away when he retired. So he turned seven. So he bought deferred annuities. These are annuities who's growing, but they can be turned into income at any time. And he turned seven of them on right away when he retired. And then a few years later, his wife said, you know what? Uh, you know, the checking count is kind of getting <laughs> low. I, I could use a little more money. He started another one and then a couple of years later he started another one so so he says the inflation rate is not what the government says it is the inflate the real inflation rate is what's affecting you how much your gas prices affecting you how much are food prices affecting you and, and your inflation rate might be different than somebody else's maybe somebody else doesn't drive a car maybe they don't go out to eat as much or something but they have medical bills or something so each person has a different inflation rate and he said the staggering of annuities allows you to turn on more income when it's best for you. That one's best for the federal government or the state government or whoever else is saying what the inflation rate is. You've got to go based on your inflation rate. And so I thought those are some pretty interesting things that were in the movie.
1: Yeah, and what it does that's fascinating to people is it changes the conversation of where the power lies. Instead of it being in your pension company or whatever the government decides to say is currently the, the, risk, the, the rate of inflation, we get the power. We, we can say, you know what, that's nice that they're saying inflation is 2%, but I think it's really affecting me at a 10% number. This whole right. inflation conversation has, within six months maybe, has really flipped this whole retirement world on its, on its head. And we have talked about this for years. And fortunately, our clients have been able to, to ladder their annuities where we kind of structure them in a particular way. Uh, they, they create an income stream where maybe they'll delay turning on Social Security depending on their own personal uh, situation but you have seen on a regular basis now doing this. How many years?
0: (laughs) A lot of years. I've been doing this for over 30 years, but I've been on my own since 2011.
1: Okay. So 30 years for me, it's 26. Um, We've seen inflation here. We've seen the 90, 91 frame. We've been alive long enough to maybe you remember the old odd and even gas days. Remember when you had to stand in line with your car and odd and even. So there are times like that where it starts to affect us, but the, Seven steps to retirement in your Don't Worry, Retire Happy book. I think it was one of the first ones I read. I think Paychecks was the second one. But Don't Worry, Retire Happy, that seven steps. Can you give us a couple of those that that you think really impact people?
0: Yeah. And so, you know, that was a PBS TV special played in 80 million homes in the U.S. and Canada. And it was all based on, you know, seven simple steps to retiring successful. And step number one, you got to have a plan. Mm. You know, How can you get anywhere if you don't have a roadmap or a plan of how to get there? And with that, I say, you've got to work with a financial professional. Retirement is not a do-it-yourself project. Look, you don't do your own dental work in <laughs> your garage right. with your drill set. And I don't think you have to be doing your own retirement planning. I know this stuff inside and out, and I use a financial professional because I, how how am I going to shop five thousand different products out there? I know I know I, I know I need a certain product at a certain age or whatever, but I wouldn't know which out of five thousand different products to get. I need a. I need a financial professional that can run the numbers, can 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 sort through all of that. There's now software that based on your age, based on what you want, whether you want income or growth or whatever, they push a button and boom, now that those 5,000 are down to 10. And then you can say, well, I only want to deal with a company that's rated above this number. Boom, now you're down to five. Well, I don't want to pay any fees. Boom, now you're down to three. You know, So it, it can narrow it down based on what's important to you. And and that's why I think it's so important to work with a financial professional. So having a plan and working with a financial professional is step number one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Step number two, you wanna maximize your social security benefits. Most people don't realize that social security is the largest retirement asset that most people have, and yet they spend more time planning their summer vacation than learning how to get the most of those valuable benefits. And what I share with, when I'm doing seminars, or and I know you do the same thing, is we teach people how to get the most out of those benefits. And, right. you know, the problem is they, they go down to the Waffle House at 6 a.m., and then the place is loaded with <laughs> wise men sitting around the counter drinking coffee, solving the world's problems. They walk in there and say, hey, what age should I draw my Social Security benefit? And what do the wise men tell them? Oh, man, I haven't read the papers? This place is going broke. Better get the getting while the getting's good. Take it at
1: 62. <laughs> right.
0: So all these people are taking it at 62. They're taking way lower than what they should. And, and what I teach people is that if there's a husband and wife, whoever makes the most money we call that person the breadwinner the person that makes the most money that person should delay yes. and the reason is because that check covers both lives you know whoever dies first the highest check goes to that person all right and so so the the breadwinner's check covers both lives and that's why you want to delay that one you can take the other one early i don't care about that yep. but the the breadwinner's check should be delayed and just little simple. And result in hundreds of thousands of dollars more retirement income uh, for the average retiree. You know,
1: you know what we... many of
0: your listeners don't don't realize that the, that is the life expectancy today today for mm-hmm. a sixty five year old couple is age ninety three.
1: Fifty percent
0: wow. of all the sixty five year old couples will have somebody to live to be ninety three. Twenty five percent of the couples will have somebody to live to be ninety seven. And when you plug that type of longevity into a social security calculator it will become apparent that this is a decision that can impact retirement by hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: You know, Tom, one of the things that we've seen time and again is clients will come to me and they'll say, hey, Arif, what I'm looking at is to retire. I had this just this week. I'm retiring from from the studios, uh, but as an editor, and soon I will be uh, you know, retired collecting a great pension. Wonderful. But, you know, I might do independent films now and again, and I can help out buddies, and they can pay my corporation, and, you know, the union allows me to do this we're seeing a lot of these hybrid retirements where, yeah, they might be collecting a pension, but they're also working part-time and they're also doing a little, I don't know, at the golf course, right, working as a starter. We've seen that time and again where these guys are engineers. Uh, We have one particular client that's pretty amazing, an engineer at Boeing, inventor, top-secret clearance, but he always wanted to work with special needs kids. He retired early, works for the school district, and helps uh, carry the backpack and take notes for a special needs high school kid. And yet yep. people don't realize this man invented things that our country uses to this day that are top secret, but he feels more fulfilled and his retirement, he's got that hybrid thing going. Are you seeing that as well?
0: Yeah. And that's step number three is is, is considered a hybrid retirement. It's what I'm doing. You know, for 30 years, I spent 200 days a year on the road, traveling, training financial professionals, doing public seminars. I've, done, I've trained over 300,000 financial professionals around the world. I've given over 5,000 live seminars in all 50 states. I just got tired of doing it. You know, I, I've spent, what, six or seven entire years of my life at the Hilton
1: Hotels or Marriott
0: or <laughs> Hyatt. Or, they know or,
1: you or or by college. name, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: it, It's ridiculous, and I didn't want to do it anymore. But, but, but I do a lot of virtual stuff. You know, I'm doing this radio show today. I, I do virtual presentations all the time, but I'm playing golf four to five days a week. And that's my priority now. So, so like I'm living what I told people that they should be doing. I'm actually, I'm not just talking the talk. I'm walking the walk and I, I own 11 annuities. I, if you you knew my life insurance premium, (laughs) I put in over 225,000 a year in my life insurance. People think that's crazy. No, I got millions of dollars of tax-free income that I can pull out of them eventually. So, so, you know, I'm doing the things that I'm telling other people they should do. Um, and it's not what I say they should do, it's what the, the experts say they should do. And, and that's what this baby boomer dilemma, what, what I really love about that movie or, or is that it, it 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 happened like during the last market crash, mm. and these people are just freaking out what's going on. And, and now, right now, with this market, the way it's been acting last few months, people are freaking out about their retirements because their broker was getting them 15% a year for the last five years. Oh, we don't need those boring products and blah, blah, blah. Well, now... There, there's how many stocks, how many Nasdaq stocks that are down over 70 percent? It's like a huge number. That's right. And so we're not talking fly by companies. We're talking the top 20 companies from 2020 and 21 are now down over 70 percent. I mean, so that's affecting people if they had too much of their money in the stock market. And Eric, you and I are not against stocks. I mean, that's I right. own stocks. Yeah. Yeah, sure yeah. You own stocks. It's just the right amount in the right place. You don't want to have your whole portfolio in stocks or you're in big trouble if you're in retirement right now. So it's it's about having the right balance, the right mix that's based in math and science, not based on some stockbroker's opinion.
1: Well, you know, I want to continue with the Don't Worry, Retire Happy. But uh, stepping aside for a second, when you talk about stocks, I mean, folks, let's realize maybe you remember, Tom. I I don't know where. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to? to
0: A small town of Minnesota. Minnesota, 2,500
2: people.
1: So in, in California, we used to have a company called Woolworth Department Store. You might, you might have known that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Montgomery Ward, right? They were yeah. a big retailer. Uh, some of these were actually, uh, on the S&P 500, the top companies ever. Sears, right? Now, uh, Kmart. Oh, where, where did they go? So a lot of these yeah. companies and, and they, can come and go, don't they?
0: So somebody wrote that J C JCPenney, it was the Amazon of the day. Think about it. Back in back when I was a kid, my mom would get the cal- ca- the catalog, uh-huh. and she'd call down to the JCPenney store, and she'd order something. And guess what? It would show up either at our door or at the JCPenney store, and she'd go down to get it. It was, it was like Amazon That's in the right. 1960s. And what happened to them? They owned that model. And they went by the wayside Montgomery, where we used to get three catalogs, Sears, JCPenney at Montgomery Ward. And we'd go through there for Christmas, and we'd circle all the things yes. we want. And I'm, sure, I'm sure many of your listeners did yes. that, too. But that—that those that were the Amazons of the day. And they all got, what happened to them? How come they're not the Amazon? They should. We should be going to jcpenney.com or sears.com. But no, we're going to Amazon, and yes. we're ordering stuff, and it comes to our house.
1: It's incredible that the shifting can happen. Uh, you know, The idea of the stock market disappearing, I don't think that's ever going to happen, Not in certainly not in our lifetimes. But individual picks, right, they're nice for a little bit of that gambling, for a little bit of Vegas or whatever people might do for the fun part of their life. But we always say your food, shelter, clothing, your needs, those paychecks, because you have written yep. that book, Paychecks to Playchecks. What's the difference between the two, between a paycheck and a playcheck?
0: So so the paycheck is for your basic living expenses, your food, your housing, your clothing, your cell phone, your Internet, all your normal expenses in retirement. That should be covered with guaranteed lifetime income. Now, what counts? Social Security counts. Why? Because it's a lifetime income annuity. It's a guaranteed paycheck for life. A pension counts. Why? Because it's a lifetime income annuity. It's a guaranteed paycheck for life. So you take... Whatever your basic expenses are, subtract out your pension, subtract out your Social Security, whatever gap is left, that's where the annuity fits. And this is not in my opinion. This is based in math and science. You can read all – Dr. Manakam Yari proved in the 1960s that only a lifetime income annuity can optimize income over the indefinite period of human life. So Your listeners don't know how long you're going to live. I don't know how long I'm going to live. You don't know how long you're going to live. But guess what? an insurance company knows how long all of your listeners are going to live almost to the exact day. Yes. And because of that, they can pay each and every one of them as though they knew as long, exactly when they're going to die. Now they know that half of those people are going to die before the other half, but they don't know who's in which group and they don't care because they're just sending out checks yes. and they know some people are going to die early. They're not going to get any more checks and some people are going to live long time. And they're going to have to send out a lot of checks, but they know it based on the law of large numbers and, and there's no other product in the world that can give you a higher guaranteed paycheck for the rest of your life than an annuity. That's a fact. It's not an opinion. That's a fact. There's no other product in the world that can do that. Now, people say, oh, I like dividend-paying stocks. I like dividend-paying stocks. I own dividend-paying stocks. But during COVID, over 700 companies slashed or eliminated their dividends. Mm-hmm. You can't call that guaranteed income. People say, oh, I do ladder bonds. Well, ladder bonds are pretty hard to do, and bonds are only paying 2 or 3%. <laughs> right. uh, people say, oh, I like municipal bonds, tax-free bonds. Yeah, well, they've been on the cover of Barron's Magazine like three times in the last two years because of COVID. Expenses went up. Revenues went down. And, and Barron says some of these municipal bonds aren't going to be able to pay their municipal bonds. So, And people say real estate. Well, I love real estate, too. I own real estate. Estate, but but you know during COVID renters didn't have to pay rent and landlords couldn't evict them. Rent, real estate is not guaranteed lifetime income. So so the second part, the paycheck, needs to be guaranteed lifetime income. But then the play check, the travel, the cruises, the fun stuff, that can be in stocks, that can be in real estate, that can be whatever you want, because if if the market crashes. You don't have to take that trip this year. You can take it next year, so you can wait for the market to go back. up. You just do not want to make withdrawals from your account when the market is going down. And if you have all your money in the market and the market's going down, that's exactly how you run out of money.
1: That's right. You know, it's called the reverse of dollar cost averaging. We've seen this time and again. Folks, we're talking to Tom Hegna, author of Paychecks to Playchecks, Don't Worry, Retire Happy, two amazing books. He's authored uh, numerous books. Research Tom Hegna, H-E-G-N-A. Uh, I want to continue with him a little bit here after the break, but before we get to that break, here's our phone number, triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight, 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 nine, nine, seven, three, eight, four, seven. Tom, uh, we've got about three minutes before the break. Tell me a little bit about step four, I believe, which is the inflation issue that we see time and again.
0: Yeah, well, you know, for the past 30 years, inflation has been pretty, it just kind of disappeared and then all of a sudden, boom, it popped up and, uh, and and so, you know, you've got to have increasing income in retirement. You just can't have a paycheck for the rest of your life. You really want to have an increasing paycheck. And you can do that several ways. Number one, you can buy an annuity that goes up every year by 3 or 4%, and it increases itself. That's one way to do it. Another way is you can do what I've done and what Dr. David Babel does. You can either ladder or stagger your annuities and then turn them on at certain points in the future to have increasing income. Or... You, you just have the annuity cover your basic living expenses, and then you invest in things that do well in inflation, like stocks and real estate and commodities that we do well in times of inflation. I really don't care how people do it. I just want them to have increasing income. But one other thing, when you mentioned dollar cost averaging, because when you're a saver and investor, dollar cost averaging is great because when the market's down, you buy more. When the market's up, you buy less, but you're always buying more and your account goes up over time. But in retirement, dollar cost averaging turns into dollar cost ravaging because if you're systematically withdrawing money from a portfolio, you have to do exactly the wrong thing at exactly the wrong time every single time. Because if you think about it, when should you be selling shares to get income? You should be selling when the market's high. But but what you do is you sell less when the market's high because you're getting your income. And then when the market falls, as it falls, you have to take out more and more and more and more. That's called dollar cost ravaging. And that's a quick way to run out of money in retirement. So, you know. No, yeah,
1: I mean, listen, guys, we don't take shares to the grocery store. You take dollars. Right. So. Right. You have to cash in more shares to get the same dollars. And in an inflationary environment, as the market is, is driving prices higher, as the, uh, listen, the Biden administration, we can blame them for all sorts of things. You don't have to comment, Tom. Uh, we are a conservative station and a conservative uh, financial company that calls it like we see it. And I don't think the current team in Washington, or even Sacramento for that matter, has any clue on how to fix this problem. So we think it's going to be here for a while. It's not a short-term event. When we return uh, after the break, guys, stay with us. 888 retire 888 I'm Eric Halliby. Stay with me with special guest Tom Hegna. We'll be back right after this.
2: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now hiring strategy, learn from Arif Halabi, learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy, I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif Halabi. Now every dollar's got a job to do, Arif makes your money work for you. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby.
1: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Appreciate it. I'm Arif Halaby. The total financial hour, your place for news, talk, and information, helping you get out of debt, manage money, plan for retirement and the future and what that looks like. Our goal is to help you really kind of build an income stream and to make sure you never run out of money. Special guest Tom Hegna. Tom, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great, Aaron.
1: Good guys. Hey, if you staying, if you've been staying with us on the second uh, half of the show, we're talking about his books, Paychecks to Playchecks, and I want to give you a reminder, guys. We have the movie. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. We have that being played June 11th. Give us a call at triple eight ninety nine retire. It's our third time. First two times sold out. Uh, people really appreciate the effort, and Tom, you're part of that movie. I don't know kind of exactly what role you have, but certainly you're featured in it. And it seems like it, you were part of making that even happen. Is that is that the case?
0: Yeah. So I, I worked with director Doug Orchard. It was it was kind of our idea together. Uh, after we filmed the Power of Zero movie, I said we need to do one on retirement because baby boomers are just not getting the right info. But I, you know, he's he's he was the director. I know. I had no input on, on the guest list or anything. I, I gave him a list of guests I would you know, recommend and, and he took a lot of them, but I, I didn't have any really input on the content. Um, I do have a few cameo spots in there, but I it's certainly I'm not the featured guest and, and there are a lot of uh, PhDs in that movie. I, it, I just strongly recommend people. It's like an hour, hour and a half, 85 minutes, I think, but it's very powerful and it's, uh, it's, the content is based off of the research of the top PhDs in the world on retirement. So I don't know why somebody who's going to be retiring in retirement wouldn't want to know what the top researchers in the world say about how to retire. I mean, I think everybody going to that movie will pick up one or two things that they could do a little bit different to increase their success in retirement.
1: You know, on a side note, you had mentioned The Power of Zero. It's an amazing book. It's a, a book that we also recommend to clients. It talks about The Power of Zero, and it's really referencing... Some of the tax world, some of the coming uh, tax issues in the United States and, of course, here in the state of California, uh, our biggest issue is, uh, and I've been saying this for years, with about 2,200 people a day leaving the state of California. I mean, we have thousands of people a year leaving the state of California. They're not poor people. There's great benefits here. They're not low-income people because they don't pay taxes here. 43% of Californians pay zero-income tax. Well, that's a big deal. So who leaves? It's the middle. It's the upper middle class. It's the people that provide jobs. Meaning in the state of California, I think the only thing left to tax are going to be things like property tax, uh, certainly sales tax, the things that you can't take out of the state. And who's that going to affect? Well, it affects the lower income more than anybody. The wealthy can have any state on their driver's license and their second home, quote, their their Florida uh, condo, whatever it might be. They do that. And they have a vacation home in Bel Air or Brentwood or Palos Verdes. They'll have a second home here, but their primary home is somewhere else, meaning they don't pay California taxes. So folks, The Power of Zero is an amazing book. Uh, The movie is also very informative. I like the book just because you can fit more in it, but certainly the movie is amazing as well. Tell me a a little bit about, as we're talking uh, to Tom Hegna, folks, tomhegna.com. It's a great place to go and learn a little bit more about Tom. I'd like to do a couple of things. On the Don't Worry, Retire Happy, you mentioned something as to to number five, if you will, the fifth step that most people forget about.
0: Yeah, well, um, step number five is the importance of having guaranteed lifetime income, and you know that's what you do every day it's what i talk about every day that a retirement needs to be based on guaranteed lifetime income as a foundation not all the money of course but you know for the average investor i just say if the average person just moved their bond portfolio that's all they need so so normally people have about 20 to 40% of their money in, in a bond portfolio, 60% stock, 40% bond, just move the bond portfolio over into an annuity. Your, your, performance, your, your, your returns are going to go up, your risk is going to go down, uh, the research shows you're going to be happier, and now the research shows people with annuities live longer. You know I mean, so if yes. you can get higher returns, lower risk um be happier, and live longer, I don't know why somebody would not want to check that out and and the research is all there. you can read my books, it's all in there, if you don't believe me, uh just read my books and and it's all in there. Um, I have a free YouTube channel. People could watch my free YouTube channel. It's on there. You know, I mean, this is math and science. So, you know, and then people bring up, well, what about, you know, the guy on TV who says he hates annuities? I said, well, I wrote an article, Why Ken Fisher Really Loves Annuities, and You Should Too. You might want to Google that article and read it because he loves them. He's getting rich off them. But someday he's going to be unhappy with them, and and I share why. So, you know, it's really about the right products in the right place, the right amount, you know, it's not that annuities are great or stocks are bad. No, stocks are good. Annuities are good. It's, it's put them in the right place and yes. have them do the right things. That's what's so important. You'll be happier in retirement. And the research now shows you're going to live longer because you don't have as much stress. You're not worried. And because you're being paid to live, guess what? Many people choose to live differently. They watch what they eat. They exercise. They call the doctor. when are not feeling well. And all these dumb, stupid things cause people to live longer.
1: It's amazing when you think about this. It's that comfort level. It's that peace of mind. We call it sleep insurance. I mean, we've seen it time and again where that comfort level of that paycheck every single month. We happen to have a few clients that have uh, oil wells or inherited oil wells mostly. And it's funny because uh, one particular client married a gentleman who, uh, whose family, whose grandfather owned some of the biggest oil land, if you will, in Southern California, in uh, Whittier, Pico Rivera, that area. And in that period of time, Right, He passes away, he leaves it to the next generation. Next, well, he marries a lady who's extremely liberal. Uh, and he was. They, they hate oil, energy, greenness. But man, oh man, she gets that paycheck from oil wells every single month. And although she has a, a far left leaning politics, I mean really far left leaning, uh, she makes it clear that she does not tell her friends or family. She's very happy to cash that check. It allows her to live a comfortable life, travel, enjoy life. So... Politics is transcended by the need or the desire to have that guaranteed income, whether it comes from oil. We always thought, and she's now become a personal friend, and so we talk and actually laugh about it as much as we can. When it's, when oil prices are where they are, people are loving that guaranteed income. But it's the same thing. Tom, uh, oil well, prices, little... they, were, they were really low not too long ago, so now what, right? Yeah, let me tell you
0: a little story that. So my wife. Uh, her parents had some oil and gas rights in North Dakota. She's from North Dakota, and so when they died, each of the kids got this slice of these oil and gas things. And but what's so interesting about that is when when oil and gas is really high, those things kick off a few thousand dollars every year. And but yeah. then for many years, when oil you know when oil went down to thirty dollars a barrel or twenty dollars a barrel, we get you know fifty-seven dollars <laughs> and twenty-six cents or something. I called her my oil tycoon, but but I mean, but, but here's the point. The, the the wealth stayed the same but the income changed dramatically, mm. and we saw that back in the 1990s and things when, when people bought CDs that were paying 7%, and they had $500,000. They bought a CD. They didn't want the stock market. It paid them 35000 a year, and that, with their social security and their pension, they could live a nice retirement, except what happened? The interest rates at CDs went down to point, point 0.7 or point zero 0.07, <laughs> yeah. and so the, their wealth stayed at 500000 but now their income dropped to about $1,000 a year from 35000 a year, and that's why you can't depend on your wealth for retirement it's all about your income because your wealth can stay the same but your income can go up or down dramatically and people don't realize
1: that you know how many times when we were younger i want to be a millionaire or that guy's a millionaire if you have a house in southern california if you've worked for 20 or 30 years between that and your retirement accounts you're probably a millionaire or pretty darn close and many people across the country not just of course in southern california so the idea of being, quote, a millionaire and all the things that you thought that could do, flying private jets, buy Ferraris, that doesn't happen just basically on a number, on a on a statement. It's that cash flow. It's the income. The reason rich people and are little, rich is because they understand cash flow.
0: Yep. And one other thing, and I don't want to get into the politics of everything, but, you know, and everybody's for this green thing and all this stuff, and they say, oh, Tesla over Ford and all this stuff. I just saw this thing online the other day. It was really interesting. It says, do you know what goes into an electric vehicle? Like 200 pounds of copper, 50 pounds of nickel. There's so much of lithium and all these different these things that go in there that have to be mined, that have to that take fossil fuel to mine them and, and get them in. And so, so people in their minds think, oh, if I go electric, I'm green. No, <laughs> no, no, some of the not. green vehicles take more fossil fuel than than the regular cars that we drive if you if you do all the parts that are in there, and then the other thing well i don't, I, don't, I really don't want to get into politics but 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 the the thing is many people think that green is so green, but when you dig into it it's not, and then when we stop drilling here. That's really the cause of all the inflation. We That's start right. Drilling and exactly. pipeline and everything, because everything goes up. Shipping costs go up. Everything goes up. And and so what we're saying is, well, we, we want Iran to do the drilling or Venezuela or Saudi Arabia. Well, they drill dirtier than we do. So so the world overall is going to be dirtier because we're not drilling here. The world needs so much oil. We can't stop that. I don't care how green you are. The world needs oil. Okay, yeah, it's a fact and we might as well get it from the cleanest cheapest place and have the the labor here and get get the good jobs here yes. and get the revenue here instead of sending it to countries that want to kill us anyway i just don't understand it but but anyway i want to get off of that let's get to <laughs> step number well, step I, number 6 yes so,
1: very, very happy. so one of the things that i look at when we talk to our clients is is that ability to understand that sometimes city, state, national politics does affect you, and in some cases in very large ways. Our retirees, our senior citizens, you guys get involved. You're now retired. You have a cash flow you have, uh, coming in. You have, you have money. Get to those city council meetings, those school boards. Sit on them. Uh, make your voices uh, known because this is the change that keeps you excited and happy. You know, Tom, we've always talked about a purpose in retirement. You yep. have to have a purpose. You have to have some reason to wake up. You have to have somebody who's going to miss you when you don't show up. Otherwise, you sleep in until noon. You wear your same pajamas all day long. Why take a shower? It's 4 p.m. I'm going to go to bed at 6 yep. anyway. right? Life starts to become one long day with a bunch of naps. We say yep. we need to really create that purpose in life. But there is a time when step six comes into play where, where you know, we have to make some changes.
0: Yeah. So step six is you must have a plan for long-term care. No retirement plan is complete without a plan for long-term care. And this is one of the steps that most people forget about. They say, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Well, you know what? The odds of your house burning down between now and the day you die are less than three out of a hundred. You all got homeowners. Mm -hmm. The odds of you totaling your car between now and the day you die are 18 out of a hundred. You all got automobile insurance. But the odds of you needing some form of long-term care between now and the day you die is over 70 out of a hundred. And so... You know, why would we not cover that risk when we cover all these other risks? And, you know, I made my parents buy long-term care insurance 18 years ago. They didn't want to. It's too expensive. We'll never need it. It's an insurance company ripoff. My dad said all those words to me. I made them buy it. (laughs) Well, guess what? They both ended up in assisted living ten thousand dollars a month you know there were years my dad didn't make ten thousand dollars a year ten thousand dollars a month i cannot imagine what their retirement would have been if they hadn't had that coverage it it, and when people think that long-term care insurance is expensive i say man you ought to try not having it because not having long-term care insurance is way more expensive than having it. And and as you know, Arif, there there's so many different options. You don't have to buy a standalone long-term care policy if you don't want to. There's life insurance that has long-term care benefits. There are annuities that have long-term care benefits. And and so there's many different options, but and I say any plan is better than no plan. So you really gotta have a plan because long-term care is you li- the longer you live, the more likely it's gonna happen. And if you live to be ninety or ninety-five Almost 100% of those people need some form of help or care or daycare or something.
1: You know, Tom, Uh, yeah, for sure. And and there's been a bit of a phenomenon going on. I kind of watch patterns. Uh, You know, I spent almost uh, 11 years as a Los Angeles police officer before I was in a big car accident. During that recovery, I got scammed in my late 20s, early 30s. I couldn't figure out why I got scammed. I thought I was the smart guy. I'd been investing since I was 18 years old. I bought a first house when I was 23. I, I was, quote, the smart, rich guy in, in my group, even though I only had 150 grand. But I'm 25, 26 with that kind of income, with yep. that kind of asset. Life was good. And then I got ripped off. I thought, wow, I'm the smart guy. And I got taken. So I went back to school to say, I'm going to be a financial professional. That's 27 years ago. Through that process, though, I, I've always looked at patterns of behavior when I did undercover work, when I was a policeman. I always That's how I survived. And in the financial world, the patterns of behavior that I'm seeing, and I don't know if you're seeing it, but it's a phenomenon in the last, let's say five years or so, is that men are outliving women. I had it just this week, two others, where the, the ladies passed away before the men. We were traditionally always thinking the men would die first, but now it's the, the ladies. And so... From a long-term care standpoint, people say, oh, I'm just going to have it on women. Folks, a lot of times we're seeing men that are living longer and, and being alone without a, a partner.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times men will say, oh, my wife will take care of me. And whenever they say that to me, I say, okay, sir, I need to lay down right there. <laughs> now, ma'am, you just come over here, pick him up and carry him downstairs, put him in the car. Yes. Oh, I can't do this. Well, that's long-term care, you know. Yes. And people don't. I, and, and then the other thing is when you have your family giving you care, guess what happens to their life expectancy? It drops dramatically mm-hmm. because caring for somebody over a long period of time is is, is deadly to a lot of people. It just is. It and, sure uh, is. And, and, and so I always say long-term care isn't about you. It's about your family. And you'd rather have your family there to be with you and supervising the care than actually giving the care. I mean, do you really want your daughter changing your diaper? Because that's that's the reality once you hit 85, 90, 95. I mean, that's, that stuff's going to happen. Or would you rather have your daughter... You know, helping you have a cup of coffee and talking with you and playing games or doing something with you and then have an, an assistant there that can help do some of the long-term care things. I mean, yeah. I just think it's so important.
1: You know, and it goes back to being an expert, right? I don't fix my own car. I don't do my own right. dental work. Uh, right. I can do emergency first aid, right? I, you know, I, I took those classes. I was that guy. But, but eventually, folks, a professional, somebody who understands this, who doesn't have that same, okay, I know it's going to sound rude, but that emotional attachment. Right, where Oh, that hurts. Well, that's okay. I need to keep going. If you say that to me as, a, as your son, I'm going to say, oh, okay, wait, let me stop then. Right? Yeah. We care differently, and yet we can be there to supervise and be a part of it, but that the experts do what they do. Well, Tom, uh, we have seen this over the last probably three to five years where home prices have just gone through the roof. And time yep. and again, people tell me, oh, that is my retirement plan. That is how I'm going to retire. I'm going to sell my house. I said, great. Where are you going to live? Well, I'm going to live right. with my daughter. I so, said, well, why didn't you live with her now and save money? Well, I don't want to live with her now. Well, then, What makes you think she's going to want to live with you later? Because these are things that people talk about. So that home equity, there is a wise way to use that and tr- yeah. transition it from a store of wealth into an income stream. Tell me what you're thinking there.
0: Yeah, so... so you know, step number seven is use your home equity wisely. And there's, there's, there's several ways you can do it. Number one is you can sell your house in downsize, move to a cheaper place if you want. Um, what's nice is if you're single, you can capture up to $250,000 tax-free and capital gains. If you're married, you can capture up to $500,000 tax-free and capital gains. And believe it or not, you can do that every two years. A lot of people don't know that, but you can. Um, but then th- there's things called reverse mortgage. Now I know there reverse mortgages there's some people who talk bad about them but when you dig into the research and the math and the science there are some very respected sources like the american college dr wade Fow, mm-hmm. jamie hopkins of forbes magazine mary beth franklin uh you got don graves out there and and they show strategies on how to use reverse mortgages the right way and you know i may not get a reverse mortgage but i can promise you what i am going to get i'm going to get a reverse mortgage line of credit
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the
0: reason I'm going to do it is because it's almost like having a put option on your house, because this reverse mortgage line of credit goes up every single year, it goes up, it goes up, it goes up. So at some point, if if that goes up high enough and if let's say housing prices crashed and we saw it in Arizona, you know, back in 2008, 2009, 2010, the housing crashed in Arizona, yes,
1: it did. if that
0: happens. You can literally hand your keys over to the bank and walk out with all the money. Uh, so I will definitely have a ver- reverse mortgage line of credit. Those are not free; there are fees to set one up, but they're 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 minimal compared to what the value that you can get out of it. But I just think people should research how to use reverse mortgages properly. Yeah, you know, you can use it as a buffer asset. Let's say let's say you have somebody who says, "I don't believe in annuities. I don't like annuities. I believe in the stock market." Okay, be in the stock market, but then when the market drops. In any of those years, take money out of your reverse mortgage, all right? And then when the market's up, take money out of your portfolio. If the market goes down, use it as a buffer asset so that you're not withdrawing money from the stock market when the market goes down. I mean, so there's, there's numerous strategies. I mean, read, read Don Graves' book. Read Dr. Wade Fowle's book on, on reverse mortgages. Those would be great places to start. But there's a lot of great information out there on it.
1: You know, Tom, one of the things that I love when it comes to uh, reverse mortgages, and I'm not a fan of every single tool being used all the time, is that reverse mortgages are a tool. Folks, we're talking to Tom Hegna, author of Paychecks and Playchecks. Don't Worry, Retire Happy, two of his more popular books. But I don't know how many books you've sold, Tom. It's got to be, is it 100,000, 200? I don't know. Tell me how many. Any idea?
0: Well, I think uh, Paychecks and Playchecks is is in the top 1% of books ever sold. So, I mean, we've we've sold hundreds of thousands of copies. And then I've got... I've got Retirement Income Masters, Secrets of the Pros, that's more for advisors. Yes. And then I, I'm up in Canada, too, so I've got Paychecks and Playchecks for Canadians, and Don't Worry Retire Happy for Canadians, because they don't have 401Ks, they don't have Social Security, they have CPP, they have OAS, they have RRSP. So, you know, most of it's the same, but some of the language is different for, for
1: the Canadians. Well, I even noticed that uh, you spell the, the, the word checks with a Q <laughs> for Canadians. Yeah,
0: because that's that's how they spell it. Of
1: course. There. I was like, wait a second. What is that book? I almost bought the wrong book years ago. I thought, wait a second. What, what is this? Yeah, they look alike. They're friends? <laughs> So when we talk about reverse mortgages, guys, I want you to think of it as a tool. There's no difference between a hammer and a screwdriver when you call them tools, but when you get down right to it, they have different functions that are completely uh, opposite, if you will, when it comes to, to utilizing them. For example, I could use a screwdriver as a hammer. It's going to take a long time. It's inefficient, may not even do the right job completely, but, but it can look like I'm doing the right job. So when it comes to a reverse mortgage, you just make sure it's the right tool for, for what you're trying to achieve. Tom, we have seen some changes to reverse mortgages. I know you're not the reverse mortgage expert, so I'm not going to get into those details of those changes. However, if I'm a young person and then my parents are struggling and I go, but wait a second, that's my inheritance. I don't want my parents to use this reverse mortgage. that's what if they have to use it someday that means I don't receive their home I don't get their house, and i don't I want that tax free transfer and on and on. We have used life insurance to do that absolutely. to fill that gap right
0: yeah, absolutely uh and for pennies on a dollar, you can protect that so that mom and dad can still have a good life and and live their life and then when they die, boom, there's a death benefit. they can pay back that loan if they wanted to take that house or they could go buy a different house if they want a different yes. house so yeah, and and you know what? I always tell people, look, I know you want to leave things to your kids. I know that, and I and I got four kids, but don't don't diminish your lifestyle for that. Don't do that. You know, there's ways there's tools, there's life insurance. Buy life insurance for pennies on the dollar. Go to your kids. Spend your money. You're supposed to spend your money. Last check you ought to write ought to be the undertaker and that baby out of bounce. So that's what I say. You know, spend your money. <laughs> leave life insurance to kids. Leave life insurance to your church or whatever your university. If you want to leave money, do that with life insurance. You can do that for pennies on the dollar.
1: You know, one of the things that we've really preached about when it comes to having a a, a revocable living trust and some of the other things to set up your life as you're you're retiring or or in the middle of retirement is to understand the transfer of your retirement accounts to your children. You're only really giving them about half by the time you take taxes into account. So I want you to give your kids house, Roth IRAs, life insurance. I want you to give your church, your charity, your organizations, those nonprofits, your retirement accounts because they get 100% of that. If you have two hundred thousand yep. dollars right in in that i r a instead of giving it to your kids where they're going to receive maybe a hundred hundred and twenty, the church charity organization receives all two hundred of that now, if you think the yep. government needs a few extra dollars, I can give you Joe Biden's home address it's right on Pennsylvania Avenue. You can send him a check personally if you think he needs or they're going to do good things with your money. Gavin Newsom is waiting for it. But if you think your church charity organization nonprofit homeless shelter food pantry. There's some amazing things you guys can do, but meanwhile, you live the way you want to live, and using that home equity wisely is key. You know, we talk a lot about life insurance, Tom, and I I really have looked to you over the years as an expert, as an educator, as a person to really assist me, and you had mentioned a couple of the books that that I have read uh, and rules that I follow basically specifically for the advisor to help us really understand things. It's Retirement Income Masters, Secrets of the Pros. Folks, I want to encourage you to to look at that book. If you happen to have an aptitude, you're a little high, you're like, if what we've listened today is basically baby talk." Okay, maybe you're the person that's the do-it-yourself or Tom, do you think somebody who's who's got a bit of a higher uh IQ when it comes to the the financial side of things, retirement income masters is that good for the for that person as well?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it was written for financial advisors, but I've had plenty of uh, consumers read it and like it because – what that book is, it's, it's about like 10 different people, advisors, successful advisors, and how they handle retirement. Mm-hmm. And so each chapter focuses on what do they say? What questions do they ask? How do they explain this to their clients? And, and you're gonna see a pattern. And what was interesting when I did that book, I, I find everybody comes to the same place. And people are going, Tom, I just read your book, and I've been doing that for years, but I never knew why, now I know why. It's because when things are based in math and science, that becomes the correct answer and so all financial advisors out there if they really follow math and science are going to do the things that I talk about because yeah. that's the answer so so the advisors like you and and there's there's others out there that are doing it the right way they they all read the book and they go wow I I've been doing it like this. And you'll find those 10 different people, they all are saying the same thing, but in different words, different ways. They explain it differently to clients. And so a consumer would get like 10 different viewpoints on how to do the right way. And so it's kind of an interesting
1: book. I, I love it, guys, because the the master in our industry has just shared an hour with you. I want to thank Tom Hegna, tomhegna.com. Give us a call at 888 retire I can get you in touch with Tom as well, or how, which books that we recommend. For your specific situation. 888-99-RETIRE-997-3847. I'm Araf Halaby. Enjoy the rest of your day. Learn from
2: Araf Halaby. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now.